Hello, it's Evan Brand. I hope you're keeping your sanity in these insane times. You got to keep your head above water. Stay focused on what you know to be true and screw the rest. There's a lot of things I'd love to say on here. I'll probably get deleted or banned or killed. So definitely join my newsletter. That way you can stay in touch with me in case I were to get removed. You know, these algorithms, they basically monitor all your words. Like I'll try to use like code words on Instagram, for example, and they even pick up on the code words now, which is pretty interesting. And they'll flag it and give you a strike or whatever. It's crazy. I'm sure that you're intelligent and you're aware of what's been going on in regards to censorship, but if you're not, it's bad. Dr. Mercola is now deleting all of his articles after 48 hours because he's had major, major deep, dark forces against him. Uh, they've just tried to label him as just this villain in the media. It's really sad. He's done a lot of good things and shared a lot of scientifically valid articles and points, but I guess you're not allowed to question the mainstream narrative now, and you may even be labeled as a terrorist. Surely the pendulum is going to swing the other way. We can't continue on this trend of censorship and suppression of information forever, and the frontline doctors are doing a great job of still pushing, pushing, pushing. The FLCCC COVID critical care doctors in particular are doing a great job sharing their protocols, so make sure you look them up. Dr. Pierre Corey and his Joe Rogan podcast was incredible, very, very important for anyone, including you and your family members, and you should definitely have a stash of the Mectin in your home. Everyone should. Just like a first aid kit for cuts, you should have a first aid kit for you know what. All right, so today's podcast, we're going to be diving into all things coagulation. Coagulation is a big deal, and hypercoagulation is technically the term we should be using. This is a phenomenon where you essentially have thicker blood, and we've seen a lot of issues with the you know what and coagulation. And so we're using lumbrokinase and many other enzymes to help act as natural blood thinners. And this is something we are doing long-term as well in some of these long-hauler cases to really help people. It's something I've been doing personally, and it's definitely helped. As we know, Lyme, Babesia, Bartonella, mold toxin, viruses, and other things all create this hypercoagulable state. So we do these things to help support the system, increase blood flow, which therefore increases nutrient delivery. So we're going to dive into that here in just a minute. If you need help clinically, please reach out at my website, evanbrand.com. And if you need just a quick fix or recommendation of something to check out, look into my Pure Omega formula. We'll make sure to put the link in your podcast app right there. You should see the link there. Boom, Pure Omega. Check it out. Get a bottle of it. You'll love it. I personally do four a day which is a little on the higher side, but there has been several, several good clinical case studies I've seen with people reducing their coagulability numbers simply by doing higher dose fish oil. And this is something Dr. Richie Shoemaker has been touting for years to help with mold treatment. So we really do like the Pure Omega. That is a triglyceride form. And that is so pure. We've run lab testing on it to look for heavy metals and any sort of impurities. It is literally the best triglyceride form you're going to get, better than any consumer brand you're going to get. I work with professional manufacturers. We don't play around. So that is the Pure Omega. Get you some. I think you will love it. If you need help clinically, the site evanbrain.com. You can book a 15-minute free call with Megan. She's my functional medicine colleague on staff, and she'll chat with you about your symptoms, your goals, see if you're a good fit for care. Without further ado... Let's get into the show. And we are live. It's Dr. Justin Marcajani here in the house with Evan Brand. Today, we're going to be chatting about blood flow. How do we increase blood flow, decrease coagulation, decrease inflammation, all the natural strategies to get to the root cause 
Uh, blood flow is really important. We need blood to carry oxygen. We need it to carry nutrition to our, our organs and our body systems. And if we have stress in our body, whether it's infections, inflammation, diet issues, lifestyle issues, hormonal imbalances that affect circulation, that's going to impair our body's ability to generate energy, generate heat, right? Healthy metabolism, feel good, feel energized. And we're going to dive in on that topic today. Evan, how are we doing today, man? Doing really well. You know, I had a few friends actually suggest that I had a hypercoagulation problem due to Bartonella and Babesia and mold toxin and some other crap I've dealt with. And so I ran a coagulation panel. There's some of these uh, coagulation panels online that you can order. And I went and ran the blood on myself and my, my panel turned out perfectly, even according to some of the functional ranges. Now, I don't have a baseline, you know, several years ago when I first got exposed to mold to compare to, but I will tell you just in terms of symptoms, my great coagulation blood work results correlates with my symptoms, meaning like my hands and feet are perfectly warm these days. I told you years ago, my hands and feet were chronically cold. I mean, as, as long as I could remember, even as a child, I remember my feet being freezing and having to use a little electric space heater in my grandma's basement to keep my feet warm. I remember that from years ago. So I'm just really happy that the blood showed fine and some of the strategies, which we're going to dive into today, that those worked and those actually helped me because on paper, I look great and symptomatically doing much, much better in the blood flow department. Excellent. Yeah, I love that. Makes a lot of sense. So, of course, one of the first things that we look at when we're trying to improve blood flow is reducing inflammation. So when you have lots of cytokines or in, uh, interleukins or inflammatory messengers, right, they're there to kind of say, hey, we have inflammation. And, and what is inflammation? Let's define that. Everyone talks about it, but what is it? So in, inflammation is essentially we have this increase in cytokines, interleukins, due to the fact that our body is breaking down faster than it is repairing. Okay, there's natural inflammation that is good. Like think of having a good workout, right? You naturally get a little bit sore afterwards and then a day or two later you get stronger and your muscles get more, I don't know, adaptable and then you develop more strength, more tensile strength, more power, more output because that your muscles adapted to that inflammation. So there was a little bit of inflammation but in the end your body adapted to it and it built up just a little bit more than it broke down on average, right? That's healthy inflammation. And so inflammation that we're talking about is inflammation out of balance, where let's say you work out a little bit too hard, and then now that soreness is prolonging days later, and now you're almost a little bit weaker than when you started, because the breakdown is now greater than the buildup. And so healthy inflammation is the buildup is a little bit greater than the breakdown. That's healthy inflammation. Unhealthy inflammation is the breakdown is a little bit higher than the buildup, and that's what we're talking about today. And so, of course, too much exercise, too much inflammatory foods, especially in the way of foods that are nutrient poor, uh, foods that are too high in refined vegetable oils. Remember, good healthy fats, they become your cell membranes. Every cell has a lipid bilayer in the body. Your brain's, you know, 70% fat and cholesterol. So if you're eating junky fats, that's going to cause your cell membranes to turn over to being very unhealthy. It's also going to cause your brain to turn over to be very unhealthy. And there's some data showing that you're going to have those cell membranes hang out for up to six years with the junky fats that you're eating. So you really want to look at the fat. So vegetable oil fats, not good because they have to be processed in a way that damages those fats. 
in the extraction process. And so you have a lot of oxidation happening, a lot of hydrogenated oils due to either oxidation or the trans fat process that occurs. And again, you, you wire fats made in the trans fats because they have a longer shelf life, right? And so we want fats, if they're on the plant side, that are not going to be denatured. So avocado oil may be okay. Olive oil with cold press and extra version and good quality and a good brand is okay. Of course, our saturated fats are the best because they're the most heat stable. So coconut, animal fats, maybe some palm. Um, of course, like any of your tallows are really good, especially if the animals are healthy and pasture raised. These are going to be your best fats. So at least 50% of our, of our fats, we want to be saturated, high quality, because it guarantees them not being oxidized and rancidified. Yep, well said. And so when you define hypercoagulability, this is a term that's thrown around a lot now, or you could just call it increased coagulation. What they're really talking about is some sort of a buildup, like you mentioned, whether it's inflammatory cytokines or what's called fibrin, things that are affecting the capillaries, which as far as my research goes, it's pretty interesting stuff. Capillaries they're so small that the red blood cells have to go in single file line to get through the capillaries. So if you have a buildup of fibrin from some sort of inflammatory reaction, whether it's to a mold or a virus or some other pathogen, that can affect those capillaries, which then will create some of the cold hands, cold feet. So let me just riff on symptoms for a minute, and then we can go there. So uh, symptom-wise, let's say cold hands, cold feet, let's say cold nose, I would say erectile dysfunction, could be a big one too for men. A lot of coagulation issues with men, you see uh, reduced blood flow. And of course that affects erections. I would say brain fog would be big too, right? You mentioned you got to have blood flow to get to the brain. So I would say brain fog, maybe memory issues, uh, fatigue. I would say muscle fatigue as well. So if you're noticing that you're having trouble lifting weights or you're having a lot of post-exertional malaise, could be mitochondrial related. We've talked about that before, but I think the coagulation could be part of it too. So uh, I'm a big fan of lumbrokinase, which is what I think is one of the big remedies that's really helped me. Lumbrokinase is way stronger than natokinase, which is very commonly sold. Lumbrokinase is like the big daddy, the big brother above natto. And I tell you, it's been an absolute game changer. If I take that, not only does my brain work better, but my hands and feet are warm. So just in terms of like solutions, you know, you could run a coagulation panel and I think it's easiest rather than trying to run through all the markers like D-dimer and all that. Instead of running through all that, I think it'd be easier. We could just like put a link in the show notes for like a coagulation panel app uh, like that you could run through LabCorp request. And then if people want to dive into it, they can. But I think those are the So on the, some of those markers, uh, what would some of the markers that you'd look at on the coagulation side? Yeah, I'm, I wish I had my lab in front of me. I could pull it up. I'll give you a couple I that I look at. I'll phone. give you a couple that I look at. So we talked about inflammation, we talked about interleukins and cytokines. Why does that matter? Because the more inflammation you have in your bloodstream, the more sticky cells get, okay? Because think about it, right? From an inflammation standpoint, why would your cells get more sticky from an inflammation standpoint, right? Let's kind of look at what's, you know, what are the, um, the intentional, like what's the intention of our creator in making us, why would that happen, right? Because we have to look at the fact that there's an innate intelligence to why our body does things. It doesn't do it by accident. And I would say that most of our stress that we experience 
as we evolve as a species is through a cut, an injury, a fall, something very acute. So our body is trying to stick things, glue things back together, prevent us from bleeding out, right? Allow scar tissue to form to help heal and recover whatever that damage area is, right? That kind of makes sense. Now, the problem is we have less acute damage like falls and crashes and these things, but we have this chronic degenerative inflammation that's happening. So yeah, it's starting to create many bits of scar tissue, which Again, that is gonna be making cells stick together. So you're looking at things like fibrin, increased platelet aggregation, meaning platelets are the little cells that flow through your bloodstream that help you create clots, right? Platelets then create fibrin, so it creates these clots. And so then you're having decreased blood flow because of clots, because cells are more sticky because of inflammation. And that's there to help help your body um, do better when it comes to stress or something acute. But we're having this chronic degenerative stress. And of course, high levels of blood sugar, high levels of insulin are gonna make your cells more sticky, right? This is why we see in diabetes, right, when Evan talks about a lot of the um, capillaries where they go single file, we see that a lot in the eyes. And so we see a lot of eye aneurysm stuff, a lot of eye issues in diabetics, a lot of limb issues because really poor blood flow in the capillaries going out to the fingers and the hands. So high levels of insulin, from high levels of blood sugar. That also creates the advanced glycation end products, which are essentially the sugar-coated proteins that are oxidized because of high blood sugar. And that oxidation depletes things like vitamin C and vitamin A and vitamin E. And so then we have less of these nutrients to help our eyes, to help our skin, to help our collagen, to help wound healing. And then you start to have very poor blood flow, decrease immune cells getting to the extremities, the hands and feet, and then you develop a gangrenous lesion on your foot with all this inflammation and poor blood flow. Then you have that have to have it chopped off because it starts to create an infection. Yeah. So you can see how all these things start to spiral out of control. And so, of course, blood sugar, inflammation... Um, is kind of the hallmark and how all this starts. We'll go more into things that you can do. So Evan mentioned like the lumbrokinase, excellent. Serapeptidase, the enzyme from the, the silkworm, excellent, right? These are systemic enzymes taken away from food. Those enzymes come in kind of like a roto-rooter or a liquid plumber would for like a, a, a clogged hair in your, in your drain, in your... Um, toilet, right? So it breaks it down, okay? Now we have to make sure we're getting to the root cause, but in general, that's helpful because it's not going to be as inflammatory. It'll break down scar tissue and has a lot of um, anti-cancer immune benefits because when it hits all these cytokines, it, it kind of dissolves them and breaks them down. So it does help reduce inflammation, which is great. Yeah, you made a great point too about diabetics suffering from this issue quite a lot and the blood sugar component. That's huge. And then also one thing to note too, when you do start to dissolve some of the fibrin you may if it's due to an infection you may have some sort of a die-off or like a herxheimer reaction so just keep that in mind and obviously if you're working with one of us we're going to coach you through that process but if you have a practitioner that's maybe not aware of that then they may not know why your symptoms are flaring up if you start to dissolve some of this fibrin so for example when i first started ramping up lumbrokinase i was also doing some biofilm busting nutrients and some may argue that you're busting biofilm with things like this and so I had a reaction. You know, I got some headaches. I got some anxiety. I had some heart palpitations and some other symptoms indicating I was probably releasing something that was hiding within that fibrin. And so if you have a reaction, you feel worse on something like the, uh, like you said, serapeptidase or maybe natokinase or lumbrokinase. You could be onto something. And as you mentioned too, you don't want to just live on these enzymes and not get to the root cause. So for me, I really do think Babesia has been a big one for me because when I'm taking herbs to address Babesia, I find that the circulation is much better. For some people, it could be Bartonella. 
Uh, they call it small vessel disease. If you look into PubMed, you could look up small vessel disease Bartonella. This is an infection that can come from ticks, but it can very, very easily come from cats. Many, many cats, like 90% of cats have Bartonella, and if they scratch you, you can get Bartonella from your cat, you can get it from fleas. So there are other vectors that can transmit this. So some people say, oh, I never had a tick bite. It doesn't matter. I've seen many, many people with Bartonella, uh, likely from their cats. And so you may want to come in with herbs and knock out Bartonella while you're working on the fibrin. And I know you and I use a product that's a mixture of uh, Serapeptidase and ginger and boswellia and turmeric. So we kind of work on the inflammation piece and the fibrin piece at the same time. And it's a great one-two punch. Yeah, any of my patients listening know that I'm always using ginger tea, right? So I've kind of taken the ginger tea um, recipe, which is, I think it's pretty famous in the GAPS protocol, and I've used that, and I've added in a lot of the um, Manuka honey because it's very soothing on the gut, and it has uh, some, some mild antibacterial properties and anti-inflammatory properties for the gut. And so I do that with a lot of my patients because it soothes the tummy. It is an anti-biofilm, so it allows any of the herbs that I'm using with my patients to knock any bugs down. It helps make the herbs stronger, and it's anti-inflammatory. Um, which it mean, and it's also an anticoagulant. So the anti-inflammatory anticoagulant just allows one better blood flow. Better blood flow allows those herbs to kind of work better and be transported throughout the body. And then it also prevents the lymph from being congested. So it just allows things to be kind of moved around and, and excreted from the body. And so you have to move things through the liver, through the kidneys, through the gut. And so we need to have that good movement to allow things to work appropriately. So that's that's really, really important out of the gates. And then also um, working with a lot of Lyme patients or co-infections, all that plays a major role. I would say other herbs you can use are things like bacopa, uh, ginkgo's also amazing. You could do things that have um, uh, nitric oxide support in there like beetroot. These are all beets are excellent. You can get beetroot powder. That's very helpful at supporting blood flow. Things like resveratrol are also very good, right? Antimicrobial, but also really help with good blood flow. Um, so that's excellent as well. Uh, cat's claw can be really good as well because anytime it has antimicrobial, antioxidants, and then it reduces inflammation, that naturally tends to de- improve blood flow. So better blood flow is good. So we can one, have good circulation to the hands and feet. We're carrying nutrition better. We're carrying more of the herbs to help whatever the microbial imbalance is. And then we're supporting lymphatic flow of all the dead debris out. It has to move out through the body, get circulated through the lymph, go back to the kidneys and the, and the digestive tract to be excreted out. So those are some really good herbs that we'll also use. Skullcaps, also really good as well. Um, we mentioned turmeric, which is really good. And then outside of that, adaptogens can be very powerful too. Because if we have lots of cortisol from inflammation and stress, cortisol is also going to cause things to not move as well because it's there, it's responding to inflammation, um, but it's also going to slow down a lot of blood flow. And so if we can, and this is kind of more in a chronic um, scenario, right? Not talking acute, I'm talking more chronic. Because acute, there actually is acute blood flow to an injury because that's how the body's trying to heal stuff. It's trying to dry blood flow. That's why when you bump your elbow, it gets swollen, right? This increased blood flow. We're talking about more cortisol chronically. And so we'll use things like adaptogens, whether it's rhodiola or ashwagandha, to really calm down that chronic stress response and, and really get it kind of modulated to help improve cortisol, which then helps with blood flow long-term. Yeah, you made a great point, like the bacopa, the ginkgo. I mean, there's a reason all these herbs that we're talking about are inside of brain formulas. Look at any professional company, whether it's ours or other companies that are using nutrients to support the brain health. 
guess what? Ginkgo's always in there. So it's cool because it's helping systemically. And that, of course, improves the brain function. There's a lot of cool studies about ginkgo helping with that microcirculation in the brain. I love ginkgo. I take it. I take phosphatidylserine. I do choline, acetylcholine. I do acetyl-L-carnitine. I do like a blend of all these things. And I tell you, it, it really makes a difference. Do you want to hit on a couple more of the foods? You mentioned the beets, which... Yes, that's I, important. Okay. I love beets. Like, I'll do beet powder, and I'll mix it with my vitamin yep. C powder. It's so delicious, that combo. And I'm not joking. Like, 10 minutes after I drink a scoop of beet powder with vitamin C, my hands are so warm. Like, they're almost flushed because there's so much blood flow there. I mean, I feel yep. it instantly. And then... That really helps in the sauna too. So if you're having issues with sweating, that could be due to poor blood flow and poor nitric oxide. So my personal advice, because I'm historically not a good sweater, is I will do beet powder and then do a few minutes of the rebounder. And then I'll jump, which the rebounder, most folks know what that is, kind of like a mini trampoline. I'll jump into the sauna after that. And with the beet powder rebounder combo, I sweat like 50% faster. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I'd say like from a foundation of people listening, like we're throwing a lot of stuff out there, right? So what's the order of operations and how you try things? So the first thing is get your diet under control. So the first thing is control dysglycemia, control blood sugar swings. High levels of blood sugar, high levels of insulin are going to cause things to get really sticky when they flow. The second thing is really improve the nutrient density. A lot of good antioxidants, so a lot of good green vegetables. Uh, cutting out food allergens from dairy and from gluten and, ref and of course, refined sugar and inflammatory junk foods. Really improve the nutrient density in the vegetables. If you're going to choose fruit, choose nutrient-dense fruits, but uh, not overly high for what you can handle metabolically. Of course, really good healthy fats. Remember, omega-3 fatty acids are a natural blood thinner. Probably before surgery, they'll say like, you know, no fish oil or systemic enzymes taken away from, you know, taken within a couple of days before surgery because they don't want you to bleed out, right? And so fish oils, especially high quality, good, healthy, you know, local or like maybe wild Alaska kind of frozen, you know, salmon or a really good clean tuna. Just try to choose more wild farm type of fish. These are going to have excellent omega-3 fatty acids. And then of course, you know, choosing grass-fed meat excellent because you're going to get a lot of GLA fat. You're going to get a lot of good, clean fats from the cow eating grass, which is super helpful. So fats are really important. They're natural um, anticoagulants, and then they help make a good, healthy cell membrane so your uh, cells can communicate and function optimally. Let me make one note about the lumbrokinase because, you know, you see that warning label and you and I kind of heed that warning. But I saw a podcast interview that uh, Dr. Jill Carnahan did with a lady named Dr. Ann Corson. She's been kind of the, the big voice about coagulation and talking about lumbrokinase. She said it's really a non-issue. And while she still may, and this is not verbatim, by the way, but while she may pull these things out temporarily, she's had people that like went into emergency surgery on high dose fish oil and high dose lumbrokinase and they had no bleeding issues at all. So this is not like heparin or crazy intense blood thinners from pharmaceutical right. industry. These natural blood thinners, even though they may be potent, she said she's never seen a single case of anyone bleeding out. So that, that there's probably almost too much warning and too much fear about the fish oil and these enzymes thinning the blood. She's never seen it cause any major problem. Yeah, heparin, warfarin, they have the newer one, the Plavix one, right? These are different blood thinners that are out there. Yeah, I mean, you definitely want to talk to your anesthesiologist, last surgeon, follow their instructions on these things. I think it's it's safe just to be off it um, during a procedure and let your And I'm saying just the... And by the way, I'm saying just the natural stuff. The drugs, I have no clue about. I'm not a pharmacist, but like fish oil 
should you take a few days off? Yeah, you probably should, but just, just for anybody fearing. But for anybody that's afraid, like, oh my God, I had to go to the ER and I had to get this emergency surgery. Am I going to bleed to death because I'm on fish oil? The answer, looking at, at her perspective, was no, not at all. Yeah, yeah, probably not. I mean, I am far more worried about someone going into surgery and being totally inflamed and developing clots um, and having a pulmonary embolism or a stroke or something like that than, than bleeding out, right? You know, but in general, don't be on high doses of of blood thinners that we're talking about, the natural ones, if you know you have a planned surgery, okay, just in general. But in in general, I mean, consuming fish, eating fish, I don't see a problem with a lot of these things. And then outside of that, you know, what are other markers we can look at? So of course we mentioned um, fibrin or fibrinogen, which is a marker. So fibrinogen is the inactive form of fibrin. And so high levels of fibrinogen mean you have a lot of clotting building blocks. Uh, high, higher levels of platelets could be something to look at. I would say elevations and in inflammatory compounds like homocysteine, ESR, erythrocyte uh, sedimentation rate, uh, CRP, C-reactive protein. These are all inflammatory markers that tell us that, okay, inflammation's present. The more chances there, inflammation's up, cells are gonna stick together. The more cells stick together, it's like trying to walk out double doors, three or four people side by side. It's just going to clog up the flow, right? And so that's going to help give you an indication that some things are not flowing well. And then you can try different strategies. The ones that we're talking about, go back and then retest those markers, and that's helpful. I would say the one marker that's a little bit different, the homocysteine, that's going to happen typically due to inactive or not enough high-quality methylated B vitamins, usually folate, usually B6, B12. Um, these are important B vitamins. If you don't get them in methylated or more active forms, um, this metabolite of homocysteine can accumulate and these B vitamins decrease homocysteine. So how it works is it goes methionine, adenyl homocysteine, homocysteine to cysteine. This is this kind of metabolism, a breakdown of methionine into cysteine and cysteine goes into glutathione. This healthy metabolism requires these B vitamins, right? Folate, methylated B12, right? Um, B6, right? These important nutrients need to be there so we can take that homocysteine and bring it through all the way down to cysteine and metabolize it optimally. If not, it can be inflammatory and affect the, the arteries and the area where the blood's flowing and create inflammation and placking. Yeah, and just to take it a step further, just so people are like, what the heck is he saying? So when you're looking at this on blood, you're saying when you see the elevated homocysteine, or we can even look at some of these metabolism markers on the organic acids, when, when you see these elevated, you know that there's usually a B vitamin deficiency, correct? That's what you're saying, elevated homocysteine B, on the blood? Yeah, I mean, B vitamin deficiency, or you're just getting a lot of crappy B vitamins, right? You're getting a lot of uh, folic acid. You're getting a lot of B12 that may not be methylated. You're getting a lot of B6 that may not be active. So we want to make sure you're getting lots of activated B vitamins, high quality. In my line, we use one called B vitamin synergy. We'll put the link for that below. Of course, like your best natural source for these type of vitamins are going to be green leafy vegetables and high quality grass fed organic meats, right? So sometimes people have an MTHFR issue and they need more of those B vitamins. And so that's where we want to make sure the supplements are great. And if you're consuming a lot of like processed crappy orange juices and grains, you may get a lot of folic acid and crappy B vitamins there. If that's the case, you wanna cut those out. You wanna get lots of good natural B vitamins from the sources I just mentioned. And you wanna take a really good clean B vitamin supplement that's gonna have those in methylated activated forms. And if we're doing testing on like a um, MTHFR blood test, you know, we would look at those phenotypes and see what's present. But 
organic acids are wonderful too because we can look at markers like kinaurinate, xanthiurinate to look at B6. We can look at markers like figlu or 4-aminoglutamate to look at folate. We can look at markers like methylmalonic acid to look at B12. So there's different markers we can look at. Uh, beta-hydroxy isovalerate, right? These are all good markers for B vitamins to look at. So we can see if these things are, if we have metabolic demand issues, we can go and tweak those accordingly. And most people are depleted and have issues. I mean, obviously we're a little bit biased because we're working with people that don't feel well, but we know that even the people that work with us, they're doing a hell of a lot better than the average American in terms of diet and lifestyle and stress and sleep and hopefully all of those factors. And so if we see they're deficient the way we see often, then we know the average American's deficient too because you're burning up these bees when you're stressed. That's a whole nother podcast, but um, you, you did a great job on, on hitting on the markers. There, there's a couple more like nuanced ones like, there was like anti-thromban that was on this panel. Yeah, that's you another had, one. That, that's kind of like fibrin. It's another type of clotting factor. You had the the D-dimer, which is really tough to get a doctor to actually run D-dimer. That's why you and I, luckily, we run our own blood work. But if you just went to your, your regular doctor and said, I want a D-dimer, unless they think you've got an active blood clot, they're probably not going to run this for investigative purposes. I don't know why, but even vitamin D, some clients have to beg just to get vitamin D. So Yeah, with D-dimer, that's typically run if someone's on a blood thinner. I don't, I don't think Plavix requires it now, but if you're on like one of the older blood thinners that requires you to make sure D-dimer is stable, they'll run that because they're worried about like, oh my God, you eat more green vegetables. That is vitamin K. Vitamin K increases clotting factors. They'll want you to, they'll want to adjust your D-dimer accordingly uh, or they'll want to adjust your dosage of your medication according to your D-dimer. So my, my whole thing is if you're not eating a whole bunch of green vegetables because your doctor's worried about it, well, I would just say, eat some green vegetables, tell them you want to have good green vegetables, but then have them run a D-dimer and adjust your clotting, your, your medication according to you eating a good, healthy diet. I see people that are scared of green vegetables because their doctors are too lazy to retest their D-dimer and adjust their medications. Oh, wow. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But yeah, that was most of it. That was most of the stuff there. So you did a good job hitting on it. And like you mentioned, a lot, we're throwing a lot at you here, supplements and, and foods and beets and talking about nitric oxide. I mean, really, I think you've hit the, the message is getting inflammation down on the diet and then looking into the testing because some of the functional medicine testing we run outside of blood work can provide data on what's going on. Yeah. And then obviously mycotoxins are huge. So for me... When I get exposed to mold, if I stay in a moldy hotel for a weekend, guess what? My hands and feet go cold. I mean, it's almost a direct impact. So I'm not saying that's everyone's smoking gun, but it's a big factor that's not really talked right. about. Right, right. And so I always try to boil things down to a process, right? What's the concept? What's the process? A process is something that we can consistently repeat. It's kind of like in fourth grade, you learn PEMDAS, right? Remember PEMDAS? It's the, the way you do a math problem that there's addition, subtraction, division, all these different things in one line. What's the process? PEMDAS, right? Well, today, what's the process here? The first thing is, one, make sure the food you eat is anti-inflammatory, nutrient-dense, low toxin. That's the first thing. Second thing is get your blood sugar under control because, yes, you can eat really good foods, but your glycemia, your blood sugar can be out of control and that can increase insulin, coagulation, clotting, right? So first thing is nutrient density, anti-inflammatory diet. Second thing is get your macronutrients under control. Third thing is get lifestyle strategies under control. Don't exercise too much, exercise enough. Uh, Start making sure sleep's under control, right? Start making sure you're drinking good, clean, filtered water with extra minerals. Make sure there's enough minerals in there. If you can add in different strategies like 
uh, rebounding or whole body vibration or sauna therapy, excellent. Then maybe at that next level, we can start going into um, supplements, right? What are the easiest supplements to add in? Well, good healthy fats, good healthy fish oils, maybe some extra ginger, maybe some systemic enzymes, right? You don't have to start with everything. There's a lot of things that we put out there. It's like a poo-poo platter. We don't got to do it all. Just try to start with one or two things, but start with that order of operations. Follow the process. Don't get overwhelmed by everything. Just follow the process. And then the next thing after that is, you know, if you have inflammatory conditions, autoimmune issues, thyroid issues, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, colitis, uh, Lyme, co-infections, autoimmune issues, and you have chronic inflammation, chronically cold hands, cold feet, blood flow issues, you have to look at thyroid, you have to look at your hormones, you have to look at the gut, and this is where it's good to bring on a good functional medicine practitioner like us. So if you want to reach out to Evan, evanbrand.com or myself, Dr. J, at justinhealth.com, that's kind of where your next step to kind of go a little bit deeper to kind of, you know, hire that trail guy that's been to the top of Mount Everest hundreds of times so you can have the confidence that we're going the right way and not taking a, a shortcut off a cliff, so to speak. Yeah, it's great. well said. It's just so great to be able to reverse some of this stuff. I mean, for a long time, I just assumed that was me. I just had cold hands, cold feet, and I thought, okay, that's just me. For some reason, I just don't have good blood flow here. And I just kind of like owned it. And I think a lot of people listening, they own these symptoms and they get used to their way of life. And like, nope, that's just the way I am. I'm just a depressed person. It's like, no, there's a reason for that. I do believe that we truly have a baseline of being healthy and optimal and good blood flow and good brain function and good sex drive and good sleep. If you look at like tribal societies, they don't have these type of issues. They don't have these chronic issues with blood pressure and mood issues. Some of these like ancestral people, they don't even have a word for depression. It's not even in their language. So I just encourage you if you're listening and you're just owning your symptoms and you're like, that's just me, don't own it anymore. Just know that that's okay that something's wrong. There's a dysfunction going on. There's likely a cause of it. And we're investigators at, at heart. I mean, we love this stuff. So like you mentioned, if you want to reach out, justinhealth.com for Dr. J, evanbrand.com for me. We'd love to help you and help you get to the next level of health. It's totally possible. Yeah. Yeah, I would say don't own it from the perspective of like, hey, this is just me. This is how it is. But own the process. Like, you know, what are the root things that I can be working on to get these things under wraps? And I think that's a really important kind of... Uh, step to be looking at, okay? Anything else, guys, feel free and let us know. Comments down below. We're really happy to help you and kind of get to the, the next step with y'all. Feel free, evanbrand.com, justinhealth.com, and we're happy to help. Anything else you want to add, Evan? No, that's it. I just Take keep care, moving guys. forward. That's the goal. There's not a finish line, so just keep getting to the next level. You know, it's not like I'm, my life's going to be perfect when I get cold hands and cold feet resolved. No, you could do that and still be miserable. So you got to just keep chipping away, okay? Don't give up. All right, I hope you enjoyed that episode as always. As I mentioned in the beginning, check out the Pure Omega. To me, that's one of the best nutritional insurance policies you could be doing right now is to get some of these good omega-3s, which are so hard to get at a restaurant. If you ever eat out, my God, you're probably not getting omega-3. You're getting a ton of omega-6, which is crap. You don't want it, especially the oxidized versions and forms of these fatty acids. You really need to balance that ratio out. We test people all the time with blood and everyone has an imbalanced ratio. We're just simply deficient, just like we're deficient in so many things in life, touch and love and affection and relaxation. We're also deficient in magnesium and trace minerals and micronutrients and omega. So get you some pure omega, improve your blood flow and improve your health. I mean, there's so many wide ranging benefits. I can't even get into it today. There's probably a whole podcast I could do on that. I would love your review on Apple podcast. Will you review me? 
please? It just takes a minute. If you're on your podcast app, you should just be able to see me right there. There should be a button that says, write a review. I would love to have your review. I'm looking now to see exactly how many we have. And this has been, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get people to review. I mean, you know, we'll get 30, 40, 50,000 and beyond reviews. I'm sorry, downloads. And then you'll get like one new review. So it's hard. I'm guilty of it too. You'll get the podcast app or whatever app you get a pop-up. It's like review me and you like instinctively go, nope, no thanks. Or remind me later. Don't do that to me. I'm human. No, but seriously, I would love if you'd give me a review. I've got some new ones here. I'll just mention a few just because I really appreciate these people. And it used to show the names. Yeah, so we have creation here. He gave me, or he or she gave me a five-star review. Find something you're interested in or curious about or need help with and see for yourself why I say this is legit. That's cool. Here's another one from Babs, B-A-B-S, Minnesota, it looks like, M-N. I'm really enjoying the in-depth discussions. It's really helpful to hear about the symptoms that go along with various issues. I enjoyed the Lyme co-infection, mold, and glyphosate episodes. I appreciate hearing what supplements and blends you use and some of the other devices you use personally and professionally to achieve health and wellness. Awesome. Erica Bushwell left me a review. Thank you, Erica. Five stars. She said, Evan, the host of the Evan Brand Show, highlights all aspects of health and more in this can't-miss podcast. Thank you so much. And many, many others. So we've got 610. Let's get to like 1,000. Give me some five-star reviews. I would love it. I would appreciate it. And no, and look, here's the deal. If you think it deserves five stars, please give me five. If you think it deserves four for some reason, well, let me know why it deserves four first, and then you can leave it. But I think it deserves five, I hope. Okay, enough begging. I'm sorry. Take good care of yourself. If you need help clinically, reach out at my website, evanbrand.com. I would love to help you. I help people around the world. I'm very blessed to help people that doctors and other practitioners just simply couldn't help. And I don't say that to toot my horn. I just say that because that's a reality. And they're just overlooking some of these really important smoking guns. And I don't know why they do it, but that's just what they do. They get focused on their own thing and that's it. And they miss other things. So I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.